I trust that the Lord will continue to bless you this morning. I need to do a little two-minute, if I can, on the, on the 26th of May. It's a Sunday. It's a whole day. It's quite amazing. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to have what we call Seed Sunday. It's our, we haven't done it for a few years because of all the chaos that's happened, but we get back to normal now. Seed Sunday is our annual commitment to give over and above faithful giving, faith-filled giving, and trusting God for breakthrough in our lives and in our church. But the key to it, you'll find on our envelopes, is Seed Sunday is about giving to mission and mercy. And as you can see, a lot of the stuff that we do, we're very committed to mission, very committed to mercy and compassion. Urban Ignition, our Brazil church plant, and other opportunities that God is giving us. The, the ongoing commitment to reach kids and teens. Um, we're buying a new dunk tank, baptism dunk tank. Um, and we're going to bring it in here, and we're going to start baptizing people in the front now. And the various expressions of uh, mercy and justice that come and are already on hand in our city, in our nation, in the continent. Uh, the flood disaster, for example. So we're going to use these the seed money to go towards mercy and mission. And yet, because we are hosting the national conference, what we want to do is we really want to get behind this and bless this movement. And so we want to use some of the gift that we give towards that. Would that be all right? That we really, look, we're house proud. We love the space. We love uh, being here. We want to make sure that this place is ship shape and we want to make sure that everybody who comes really is blessed more than they've ever experienced. So we feel like it would be good for us to take part of our seed and seed it into men and women who give their lives up to preach and to teach the gospel and to pastor God's people. We have a goal. Our goal is 250000 uh, for the year. And you can give a one-off gift or you can give um, it over 12. It doesn't matter. We're going to do it annually. You can give it 12 months at a time or whatever it is. So this is what you should do. Pray. Secondly, if you're married, speak to your spouse. It's very important. Thirdly, talk to your children about what we're doing. This is faith giving. This is giving seed for the kingdom to advance. And thirdly, you need to give what you can afford. And then you need to give with joy. Does that make sense? It's over and above tithes. It's over and above our first fruits. This is a Lord, we believe that you can do something fundamental. It's not the amount you give. It's the faith you give it with. Amen? So aim for that day. Start talking, praying, ramping up. And uh, a lot of that goes towards urban ignition. And Urban Ignition, I think, have a large budget this year. And our commitment to Urban Ignition through seed giving is going to be at least 60,000 rand, um, hopefully more. Amen? We can do that? Thank you. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn into the Gospel of Luke. You should read the Gospel of Luke because uh, Luke gives a different slant uh, to the life of Jesus and all those around him. Um, He's very empathetic. Luke is very aware of the importance of woman uh, in Jesus' life. And so there's amazing stories in 
many of the stories that Jesus tells recorded by Luke have women in them. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read from the message. I don't know what, if you use a device or a multi sort of thing imaging Bible, but I'm going to read this from Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 to 41. As they were continuing their travels towards Jerusalem, Jesus entered the, the village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. He had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha, Martha was pulled away by all that she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting, Master, you can imagine, hey, you got a sister, the younger sister, and she's sitting just like starry-eyed, listening to everything that Jesus is saying. And Martha is making the briani and breaking the feta cheese, and she's busy and cleaning and because she's fussy because Jesus is in the house. And then she gets to breaking point. Any, any ladies here ever got to breaking point when everybody's just like sitting, stargazing at the television while you are, hey? And you walk to and you say, enough is enough. And everybody goes, all you had to do is tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see I've been into trouble. So he interrupted them and he said, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend a hand. And the master said, Martha, my dear Martha, you are fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Now you must... This is the verse, the part of the verse. One thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. And it is the main course, and it won't be taken from her. One thing that is important, this essential thing, what matters, matters to all of us. So what matters to you? What matters? What's important? What's the essential? What's the non-negotiable for you? I've asked this question millions of times of myself. What's the important stuff? What matters to me? What are the important things in my life? What are my priorities? What are the main things? What are the essentials? What are the non-negotiables? So, so let me ask you a series of questions that might help you focus this morning on what matters matters. What matters to you? What's important to you? Right now, as you sit in this place, what are your priorities? What's your prime focus? What's your main things? What are your essentials for life and living? And what does the Bible say about the things that matter to you? And what does it look like in your everyday life? And what impact do you think these important, essential, non-negotiable main things have on the lives of those around you? What I would call the impact on the together life. Those important things to you. What impact are they having on your together life? And how do you know they matter? How do you know they matter to you? My, my answer would be by the investment of your time 
your energy and money into the things that matter to you. Now you can see where this can go wrong. Hey, because there's the gap between the real and the ideal. Now we all know what the ideal are. Those Mary, the ideal, the real, the Martha. And, and most of us live in the gap somewhere. And we want to be more where the ideal is. We want to be living out the, the real things in our lives. We want to live a life that matters. We want, to, we want to etch down forever in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our living what's important. We want to see the fruit of that. But I have four things that are important to me. They are non-negotiable. They, they, the, they are the most important things in my life. They, what matters, matters. These matter to me. These are my essential, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. What I want you to do, just for a brief moment, if you can, just take a few moments, and if you've got a pen or a pad or a phone, quick opportunity to quickly send that SMS. Write down three or four things that matter most to you. Take, take a minute. Three or four things that are essential to your life, to your living. Three or four things that are very important. Three or four key high priorities in your life. Okay, how many have got four already? Let me see. How many have got at least three? How many have got two? One? Those that have got none, put your hands up. Let me pray for you. It's hard, eh? And yet, down inside, in our gut, we know what matters. Correct? The challenge for us, and the challenge we all face, is to make sure that what matters, matters. It's essential. Jesus spoke about this issue. The Bible is full of making a life of priorities. Jesus spoke about it in this story. Martha, Martha, you're fussing over the things that really add up to nothing. Mary has chosen the main course. She has chosen the essential thing. She has chosen to listen to me. Now you go, yeah, but what about the kitchen? The kitchen duty is good. What if your dream matters to you? this morning what if your dream matters how do you keep your dream alive how do you fan the flame do you have a plan have you spoken out your dream to other people besides the mirror do you have a strategy is it on paper or are you afraid to come out just in case people laugh at your dream does your dream matter? What if your health matters? When you get a little bit older, all of a sudden, health matters. Does your, you don't have to be old to worry about your health, 
But what if your health matters? If you want to live a healthier life, do you have a good eating plan? Do you exercise? Do you rest? What if your marriage matters? Then you've got to work at it. You've got to communicate. You've got to deal with conflict. You've got to be romantic, ladies. <laughs> I make a joke. Leanne's not in the room, hey? I said that loud so she could hear. You've got to respect one another. You've got to get over yourself. What if your kids matter? Then you've got to love them. And you've got to discipline them. And you've got to read their favorite stories. And you've got to tell them the truth. And you've got to play together. You see, for us, what matters ought to matter and should always matter. What if your spiritual life matters this morning? Then you need to hang out to Jesus. And you need to read His Word. And you need to learn to pray. And you need to learn to hang out with people who love Jesus. And you need to follow His Spirit in His leading. And you need to be obedient. What if money matters? Then you need a job. And you need to work hard at your job. And you need to have financial integrity. And you need to know what it is to give and to save and to have some fun spending. And you need to know how to trust God with your money. And you need to be smart. And you need to invest wisely. So the question is, what matters? And does it always matter? Martha, you've chosen the things that will just pass, but Mary has chosen the essential. What matters to you this morning? You see, dreams don't just become a reality. And good health requires discipline. And great marriages aren't made in heaven. They're made on earth. And it takes work. And kids are nurtured into greatness. And your spiritual life grows in proportion to your devotion to Jesus. And your money doesn't just become wealth overnight. Most often... Left to ourselves, the things that matter eventually don't matter. The Bible talks about priority. The Bible talks about what's important. The Bible talks about things that matter. Matter. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks in his famous Sermon on the Mount, and he says his pinnacle text, Matthew 6, 33. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. Seek first the kingdom. Can you see the priority language that Jesus has in this text? Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Jesus says this in the same Sermon on the Mount. Where your treasures are, there you will find the desires of your heart. Can you see the priority? Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before you. Can you see the priority that God has? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. You with me? What matters matters to God. What matters to you matters to God. If you have a dream and it matters to you, it's not a secondary matter. It's not a secondary essential. It is important. It's important to you, and therefore it's important to God. If your marriage matters, it is important to you. It is very important to God because it matters to you. If money matters to you, it matters to God. Are you with me? What I'm trying to say is that we can be so heavenly minded, we have no earthly good. We can be so earthly good that we're useless in our relationship with God. We have to learn to live in a healthy tension between our humanity and God's divinity. We need to live, learn to live with grace and faith. We need to know what it is to be righteous and to have a relationship with the Holy God. You with me? And we need to know that it is very important to God that we have areas in our lives that matter, that are essential, that are non-negotiable. This is a great soul exercise for all of us to do. But there are some suggestions that the Bible gives us that help us make sure that what matters, regardless of what it is, remains as something that matters in our lives. Now I'd like you on that list of things that matters, circle or highlight the one that matters the most to you. Look at all of those things. Be as broad-minded as you can about yourself. Be honest about yourself. Look in that little mirror and go, oh, yeah, but that really does matter to me. What about those things in your life that you've just pushed aside and you've ignored because, because of the chaos, because we've taken control of our lives and then the things that matter don't matter any longer? What about those things? What about those things that have been hidden by mistake or failure or busyness, etc., etc.? What about those things? What about pulling those things back now? What about putting those be things before God and saying, God, you know in my heart, these things matter. So there are, there are three things that I think the Bible can help. I'm going to give you conceptual ideas, three conceptual ideas that help us from the Bible understand how we can make sure the things that are essential to us 
the things that matter, the important things, the priorities remain what they're meant to be. Number one, practice key kingdom principles. Practice key kingdom principles. In other words, do the Bible. Do the Word. Trust God and put your faith in His written Word. The Word of God keeps us focused. The Word of God enables our faith. The Word of God creates a faith within us that is expectant and ensures us, assures us that there will be a life in what matters to us. There's some of you here who have dreams that have died. Important things that have been neglected. And the life in those things just waned because you took over, you took control, and you thought it would be possible that it, it would work out if you took over the reins of your life. But God is very clear. If we practice the kingdom principles in our lives, regardless of what matters to us, the principles of God work in all of our lives. But we've got to stick to God's principles. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus starts his initial teaching on the kingdom of God and he talks about the seed that is sown. A farmer comes and he sows seed. He just carelessly sows seed. And some lands on rocky soil, some on thorny ground, some on hard paths, and some on good soil. The intention of God's word and the principles of his word is that they would land in the good soil of our hearts. Because the promise of this for all of us, where the word of God lands in a good soiled heart, is that our lives would be very fruitful. God's desire is that what in whatever area of your life matters to you, whatever it is that matters to you, you would be very fruitful in that. Your dreams would come to life. Your marriage would be very fruitful. You would have great kids. You would have wealth. Are you with me? So we can apply God's Word. Apply the principles of God's Word to you. I'll give you three principles that I believe, and I'm going to talk about them. Next week, we're going to start a series called The Generous Life. And we're going to look at what it is to live a generous life. And there are three principles of God's Word that I want to introduce to us. Again, the principle number one is called the treasure principle. The principle of the heart, the, the first principle. The second principle, this is a principle that you can apply to anything that matters to you. Apply that principle. Go and look for it. Go and find it. You'll find it in, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. The second principle is called the principle of stewardship. That we have been entrusted things in our lives that God expects us to look after. You find that in the Gospel of Matthew 25. And the third principle is the principle, what I call the principle of the harvest. In other words, what you, what you seed, you will see. And you find that principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
Those are three principles that I've lived by. Those are three principles that we've seen in our dreams work. We've seen God take our marriage into an amazing place. We've been able to raise up great kids. We've been able to be blessed financially. Why? Because of who we are? No ways. Because we have chosen to practice God's Word. This is not for me. It's for all of us. I see it in so many of your lives. If you believe God, practice His Word. I've seen what He's done in your lives. It's wonderful. The second suggestion the Bible gives us is face the giants that stand before you. They will never go away if you turn your back on them. Face the giants that stand in front of you, the giants that threaten you and cause fear, the giants that accuse you and run you down, the giants that deceive and derail your lives, the giants that lie and create falsehood in your thoughts and your life, those giants that capture us and make them this life. Face those giants. You know the great stories about David and Goliath. Face the giants that, that stand before you. And secondly, deal with the thoughts. Deal with the voices in your minds, in your heads. Develop the technique, the biblical technique of learning to update your information in your mind, to renew your mind, to renew your thinking so that you can live the life that God has called you to do. Giants need to be chased away. Giants need to be killed. And if they are not, they will run us down. And our thoughts need to be renewed so they can shape our future decisions and actions. This is what Paul says. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The Word of God speaks to us about this. The third thing, number one, remember, practice the principles of God's kingdom in His Word. Secondly, face your giants and deal with the voices in your head. Do we all have that stuff going on? Third step, stay on course, stay the course, stay the course. We can have passion and we should for what matters. We can have a clear and compelling purpose for what matters, and we should. But it is patience that will see us finish the race. Stay the course. It's not always glory every day. Stay the course. It's, a, it's a, what the Bible teaches us. Faithfulness is fruitful. Jesus taught that. Faithfulness is is fruitful so for us it's a shuffle through the race keeping our eye on the prize knowing we'll eventually get the reward long obedience in the same direction psalm 1 says this oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on His word day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They are condemned at the, day, at the time of judgments. 
Sinners will have no place amongst the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. What matters, matters. And what matters to you, matters to God. And He wants our lives to flourish, to thrive. And so, practice these, take these three steps. One, practice the kingdom principle of Jesus and His Word. Face your giants. Deal with the voices in your head. Try and switch those negative things off and stay the course. Amen. Amen. So I, I felt like um, 